Well, hello, everybody, and welcome again to the Weirdly Magical podcast with Jen and Lou. And I am Lou. I am a soul astrologer, a writer of author of two books, Modern Astrology and the Complete Guide to Astrology. I'm also a shamanic practitioner and a um, hypnotherapist. And what else? <laughs> That's it. Um, but I help people uh, liberate themselves and create a wonderful life. They do, dis, truly desire. Hi, everyone. I'm Jen Duchen. I am an Akashic mentor, soul guide, teacher, author, creator of the Illuminating Journey Cards. I do readings and teachings, and I help my clients to truly connect to the truth of who they are. Awesome. So let's start with our cards. Jen, what card did you pick for this lovely full moon that we have coming up? So this is the card that came up, the 28th Soul Portal. And... Uh, there is a full moon here on this card. Mm. Uh, I I find it interesting. Of course, the twenty eight is a adds up to a ten, which is a one. Kind of this new beginning. Also, what's powerful to me about this card is the um, this kind of stone. There's a stone like ledge, almost like a diving board that uh, leads out. And there's many options to choose from. There's the energy in the center with the water and the turtle. There's a camel and a, I think that's a stork. And in the distance, there's a wolf. So there's some ancient things, Stonehenge and the Colosseum, some uh, big planets. And this opportunity to me, I see this card as, as like looking at the vista of what's around, mm. what's available, seeing the richness, the past, the future, the present, and making a choice about the space you want to dive into, what you want to commit to, what is true, what is truly aligned to the energy and the fire within you. And there's a little fire right there on that edge of the so it feels very connected to all layers, to the galaxies, to the earth, and to the the human experience. It's a very Aquarian card to my mind, because that figure on the diving board, which I thought was a diving board too, uh, looks like an alien. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of, right. And And I've often, you know, I've said over and over and over as we move into this really Aquarian period and the age of Aquarius, um, that it's uh, a time that's mixed with very ancient and the future. Um, Aquarius is a very strange sign like that. It's this mixture of learning from real ancient um, teachings and bringing them in in a very modern futuristic way. And mm. it's a sign of hopes and wishes too. And interestingly, it's got Stonehenge on this card. And I just read an article saying that they've discovered that um, the uh, that the orange origins of Stonehenge before it was moved were are in Wales um, in the United Kingdom. So I want to read more about that as well. 
how did they move them and why did they move them? It's kind of like, but anyway, <laughs> I found it funny. I was like, oh, there's Stonehenge again. <laughs> and it has a whole underground thing that's, you know, it's very, it's a very complicated um, uh, uh, system of communication that is not understood by um, humans yet, well, certainly not in this time, but it had great meaning to what was happening and very galactic and I, I find it interesting like this card feels like the it's kind of the galactic energies kind of being brought into focus yeah so the card i picked is the as a blue card too prince of cups, uh, cups sorry prince of cups which officially is the mastery of emotional um desire um it's it's very much associated with because the cups cards are about love desire you know they're usually very venusian kind of cards but this figure is flying on the back of a bird you know his his chariot is on a bird which is is very much about um thought and moving into the future um we can see on the card we have a snake in the in the what could be is a chalice which could be the holy grail and um i'm not sure what he's carrying in his hand actually it, i think it's kind of um i can't remember what that figure is there um i'm looking in my book to see what it tells me it doesn't tell me what it is oh in the other hand yeah the one he's holding down but really see it that clearly it seems so small to me so yeah. it's hard to tell but it's Hold a, it closer to the screen hmm. yeah yeah that's interesting it looks like some kind of light it does yeah but he's holding it very casually almost like a paintbrush like i'm creating and painting this stuff and um and it feels to me like the whole thing is is a really very like you know not just mastery. This is more about creating your desires and moving towards them and coming from that place of deep inner transformation. He's kind of got his eyes down um, in focus of, of like, I'm going to just tune in to my inner center and, and let the desires float out um, and focus on my emotional desires. So, uh, and of course, it's got kind of an eagle of trans or a phoenix on his head. Yeah. So it's a very transformative card, but it's got this forward flow like your card had of I'm going to uh, move towards my desires and create them. So that's how it feels. Right. Like. Yeah. Just going to hold mine up at the same time because I think it's interesting that the, you know, not just the coloring, but the energy around it is, is a similarity to it in the, what you're talking about. the the vibrancy of the movement and the recognition that, uh, you know, this is the way it's done. It's almost that flowing towards what is, uh, you know, meaningful. Yeah. Yet there's great focus as well, which uh, is very fitting for Virgo, which um, brings me to the full moon. And yeah, this focus. Uh, I was just going to say the 28, right, which is also the, you know, I think both the figures are very focused and, you know, it's like, what do I need to do and want to do for this, like to really express what is true. And of course the 28, which is a one is about that visioning and leadership and, you know, 
very narrow focus. Absolutely. So um, that does bring me to the Virgo full moon. It's um, which is what we're going to be speaking about today. It's on February the 27th, uh, pretty much everywhere, I think. Um, maybe not Hawaii, but, <laughs> but um, so it's February the 27th, 2021 um, at 8.17 a.m. Universal time, which is London time. Um, so that's uh, 0.17 a.m. Pacific time. So um, it's on the 27th, most places. The, the full moon itself is at eight degrees and 57 minutes of Virgo, opposing the sun. As I said before, full moons are always um, Earth in the middle, moon on one side, sun on the other. So they're in opposition. And um, the moon is conjunct Vesta by seven degrees, which is quite wide. But since the two of these uh, planetary bodies are uh, carrying the handle of the bucket of all these other energies that are contained within what's called the draconic bowl, and that's within the lip of the lunar nodes. It's a very, very focused, to come back to that word, uh, full moon. Um, the sun's um, closest planet in Pisces is Venus. So they're only six degrees apart too, which is um, a conjunction for these two energies. And so that's in Pisces. But we also have Saturn at eight degrees of Aquarius, um, just uh 10 days after the first exact square to Uranus, who's over there in Taurus at seven degrees, and we have Chiron at seven degrees. So we have, you know, a, a series of four um, planetary energies in, in four consecutive signs that are at seven or eight degrees. So I think that's significant too. We've also got Eris and uh, Black Moon Lilith conjunct in Aries. Um, there's various other things we'll talk about. Mercury will be direct um, on this full moon. Um, he will have stationed direct uh, just a week before this, nearly a week, six days. And um, Juno will have passed the south node. So Juno was carrying the bucket of the draconic bowl early in 2020, and now she's contained within the draconic bowl. So we'll we'll come circle back to all of these things. We'll talk about all of these energies, but um, but it does feel like a very very focused full moon to me. And and Virgo is is very much about mental focus and detail, and um, and that conjunction to Vesta is very much on um, focused to what you're devoted to. So we'll talk more about that. But Jen, dive in and talk about those numbers. Mm. Yeah, it does feel very rich what's happening. Mm. Uh, so as far as the numbers, so having this on the 27th is uh, highly significant. The 27 is a nine. It is also uh, the triple nine. So it brings in that energy of um, uh, I think it speaks to that containing the wisdom. Or, or using the wisdom of what is available, like this new energy is now uh, becoming more real, more connected 
course, the nine is the emotion. So that kind of ties into the cards as well. The emotion of what we feel, it's the highest form of knowing we are one. So it really feels like things are, with this 27, things will be brought together in some way, in a new way. A new, and also a nine indicates endings. Uh, so having that on the stand, the 27 is such a powerful number, as I mentioned, because it's the three nines, but also because 27 is kind of this, with that triple nine, it gives you that success that comes from uh, commitment to devotion, really. It's that commitment to what is true for you. Um, and it's just off the 28, just off the 29. So it's getting close to kind of what we might think of as an ending, like in the degrees, but not quite there yet. So it's that point of shift. With that, we also knowing that we're in a seven month, uh, that gives us a 16 universal day, which is another seven. So highly connected to our intuition, to the inner wisdom. And this is what this month is about. It's about seeking out the inner wisdom. Uh, and it feels like with these numbers, the energy is about not only like having come to that place now that Mercury has moved out of, um, of um, uh, being in retrograde, that place, that result of how do you externalize the inner wisdom? How do you live your wisdom? So it's very much about living your wisdom and being open to what you don't know, right? So using your wisdom to move into that. Um, and then let's look at the degrees. So we're at an eight degrees, almost nine. So very close to the nine. Uh, and then eight is about that double zero and allowing that infinite power of as above, so below, as within, so without. So it just speaks more and more to how do you uh, materialize or bring to life that living wisdom that has been um, integrated into your being or is being integrated. So the intuition, the ability to lead with your heart and your mind, uh, very intentional. Uh, I also find it interesting because now we have the seven, eight and nine for this day. And it seems to be prevalent in the actual chart in the numbers. We have a lot of repetition of those numbers, uh, which we'll talk about more. And, uh, you know, I always think of this, um, well, A, we've got the Venus Sun conjunction in uh, Pisces. And uh, Venus is, um, uh, what's the word? Uh, she loves being in Pisces. I can't remember the proper word. Oh, yeah, she's in uh, uh, one. The one word is, is the opposite of detriment. She's in exaltation. That's it. Exalted. Yeah, Venus is exalted in Pisces. And I always think of the song Higher Love, Bring Me Some Higher Love, when I think of Venus in Pisces. And here she is next to the sun, which is the center of our uh, core being and our solar system in that Pisces and then Virgo at the opposite end is saying bring I always think of it as the practical mystic energy it's saying bring this kind of agape higher unconditional love bring it down to earth and and use it humbly and usefully and practically um because you know we've had we've gone through a, many years and I've, I've done it myself because we're all growing and changing 
of talking about all this ascension and we're all going um, home somewhere else and things. Virgo tells us, Virgo tells us that no, we're here. This is it kind of thing. There may be something afterwards, but this is what we're in right now. And saying, you know, to become whole unto oneself in Virgo as well. And really um, take that connection, that higher agape love that's, um, that, that's that very Venusian, um, exalted, um, con and you, you, it's just this connection with the collective unconscious, with source, with muse, with mystery, with creativity too. It's a very creative energy. And then bring it down to earth and um, organize it really to be quite mundane, which is very Virgo as well. Virgo likes to organize and be useful and 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 put it all um, you know in containers and and make it um, to, of service. And then Mercury rules this uh, new moon, sorry, full moon rules Virgo. And Mercury is now stationed direct and is going forward in Aquarius, the sign of hopes and wishes and the future to bring us back to the conversation about the cards. It's it's a very magical full moon to my mind. When I first looked at it, I was like, oh, there's not many aspects. But then, as always, I tune into the, the energies and there's so much more. One thing I've noticed mm. is that Pallas Athena, my cosmic owl asteroid, who is the kind of the visionary of uh, and the wise uh, warrior of the uh, zodiac? She's in almost exact square to Mars, like by three minutes at twenty-seven degrees. And Jen's just talked about that twenty-seven, and and that is a real driving forward square, in my opinion. Mars is our will, our drive, our action. In Venus, uh, sorry, in Venus ruled Taurus, it's to create um, abundance, but in a very solid way, not like I just want millions of dollars kind of way. It's more having value and meaning. And then Pallas Athena is saying, this is how we do it. This is the patterns and what we need to do to create this what, that we're looking for. So, yeah. Right. So it, yeah, sorry. Were you done? I said I'll talk more in a minute yeah <laughs> <laughs> awesome yeah so it's kind of like uh, just listening to what I'm hearing from the record keepers when you're talking about how um, you know truly having the sun and Venus in Pisces and Pisces represents the creation right the sense of rising from the waters of uh, recreating or um, and in this case with Virgo, it's about using our resources wisely. Uh, so it's kind of like how, um, well, this is certainly my experience of say, like when, since I was married to a Frenchman, that the way they use the, the food in the kitchen is nothing is wasted because you always use whatever kind of the leftover, the part you don't use, you always use it for something else. And so that's kind of the picture I was seeing about this whole idea of Vesta and the moon together in Virgo is to be mindful of the resources that you have and to be really kind of going, okay, we're creating uh, the stores of the future, right? In the present. So the, um, the nourishment, the, and, and I see these like jaws of like, I've things that have been created. Yeah. Sorry. 
I'm seeing that too. Oh, good. So yeah, so that's kind of like it is like a storeroom. It's like this is this energy of the the what do they call it? The chatelain who goes or who has the keys to the castle and is in charge of making sure everyone is fed and that all resources are used wisely. And that's all of us are being given this uh, energy of being aware of what it is we're using towards uh, what we're creating. Like, what are we focused on? I've heard different people talking about this idea that, you know, from the, uh, the new moon that we just had on the 11th, um, begins a new cycle of 30 years. And then some people are saying that the, the Chinese uh, lunar or whatever the uh, Eastern lunar year, that is the year of the, the metal ox, which begins today, which is the 12th, um, starts a, a 60 year cycle because of the, the zodiac, that zodiac. So I think it's really kind of interesting because looking at this, it kind of feels like it. It feels like, yes, this and part of the reason why we have the draconian bowl is so that everything is like creating a pot of stew or something like everything's been added and put in there. And now we have to figure out what is it actually making because we haven't had this meal before, like we don't know what it is. So anyway, that's kind of. And it's kind of like the ultimate alchemy. It's it's like, you know, taking all the lessons we've learned, including the harsher lessons and throwing it all in and like, okay. And right. then airing down. The, I, I was reading a great post about the year of the, apparently it's the white metal ox as well. I didn't know that. But, um, but it's, I read a great post by a Chinese lady, actually a friend of mine has shared and she uh, said it's really about shedding and um and about letting go and there's always a purifying element to the virgo pisces axis and and that brings you of course to the focus and devotion because you've pared down what you don't need or you've kind of brought it into the mix and created something more useful from it um so it's it's definitely about not being distracted by the extraneous and also not being materialistic you know we've had a long path to being focused on more um more paring down to what we really need but not necessarily giving stuff away it's about not really that constant accumulation that we were under under the earth energy um as we moved into a move into this period of air energy you know um the earth age has been very much about more more money more possessions uh more holidays like spy all this stuff you know <laughs> and virgo is very much about meaning too what has meaning now we're, we're being asked to look at um does it have meaning does it spark joy? I keep going that at the moment. <laughs> Very Murray Kondo-ish, uh, although I, I couldn't do Well, that. I think, you know, what I'm hearing and, and uh, is and feel about this is that the earth, uh, the time we were in more uh, connected in that way to the earth, of seeing the earth as um, a resource that we could use, uh, is learning about the earth. So we've been gathering wisdom about it. Now we have a better understanding. So as we move from the physical idea of, I don't know what this is, let me see what this is, how does this work? 
we've kind of been in that testing ground is now we have a better understanding of the fact that these resources are not fine finite right they're not infinite and uh, it depends on our approach and so again moving into another field with the galactic field so now we're kind of exploring what that means to know about the earth in and the galactic as the galactic moves down how will we use that and how will we interpret and um, explore with that uh, so it's uh, you know lighting that fire of that vesta energy that 15 which is that alchemy the number of alchemy of the six the six and the eight are both numbers of abundance so i think we have to uh, kind of think about abundance and wealth and all of those things in new ways because we have been conditioned to think about them in terms of maybe it's about having a lot of cash or maybe but it doesn't mean we we can't have abundance uh, or we shouldn't seek abundance uh, we may express it in different ways but understanding that everything's connected and so lighting the fire to our desires means that every choice we make uh, is impacting something else and so what impact do we desire to create what are we looking for in this bigger picture and you know that I, I did mention at the start um the saturn uranus square um as jen said we're recording this on the 12th and um and the full moon is on the 27th we will have had the first of three Saturn Uranus squares that are going to occur this year and that's um, with Uranus in Taurus we and Saturn in Aquarius which is the kind of sign of the future but also conservative this is shaking up our values in that similar way that uh, Jen has been talking about I completely agree with her you know uh, and of course during that earth period there were there were you know fabulous uh, highs to being in the earth period but i i kind of always think at the end of the earth period um the where we've gone too far is highlighted or of any period actually it'll happen in 200 years at the end of the air period too <laughs> but i always think as the period starts to shift from one an element to another kind of the excess is brought to our attention to show us kind of you know where we have gone too far and where we need to pull back. Um, but we also see the rewards as well. But, you know, I think I, I look at when the great conjunction happened, um, the 40 year shift from earth to air started in 8081. And when the 80s, we had the greed is good kind of energy. <laughs> and, and, that was, and then we've got this huge economic um, disparity going on now now we get to deal with it it's been brought to our attention um what too much focus on material abundance only has brought us and overusing the resources so um yeah we're probably saying the same thing in the same way actually it sounds like but um i just uh, had that thought occur to me so i did want to talk a little bit about eris and um Black Moon Lilith being conjunct as well, and still in square to Pluto. Um, they're really uh, the two primary outsiders of the uh, zodiac that are coming back into being. And Black Moon Lilith moves very quickly back and forth. Uh, well, for, for me anyway, because I use the 
the true energy, um, but they are still causing this chaos and and saying we are you're still not done yet, you're still not done bringing that outsider energy, the energy of shame, the energy of being uh, rejected, the energy of being unheard, um, uninvited. Both of those are those kind of energies. They are in Aries saying, here I am. <laughs> I'm not going to be uninvited anymore. I'm not I'm not going to be unheard anymore. And that's in so many ways. This is not just about men and women. You know, it's the uninvited and unheard energy in all ways or the shamed energy. Um, it's kind of moving into wholeness, that Virgo again, you know, accepting those uglier parts of yourself perhaps or that have been deemed ugly at least you know that um that you know we all have these horrible messy bits that uh, we're not all nice and lovely and and sweet all the time um and it's moving into this acceptance that all these parts of us are parts of us so. right and good point i was just thinking when you were talking about how the original meaning of virgin, which is related to Virgo, is a woman or, or person unto themselves. So um, hence, uh, virgin wood, virgin forest is knowing the strength of who you are. Uh, I also think thinking about in terms of uh, the opposite with Virgo, uh, organizing materials. So if you have the Piscean, the wild ocean, the wild sea, the wild uh, seas of all, like the seas of the galaxies, the seas of our own emotions and everything in the world. Um, you have that wildness and what the Virgo energy is doing is saying, okay, there is wildness everywhere. Like it, there is the potential from going from one extreme to the other. There's everything's available. Like you can choose that, whichever you want. Uh, but choose wisely, like what are the resources, what are the ingredients, what are the focuses that you need in order to, to have that part of yourself that may have been shoved uh, into hiding, uh, felt resentful, in pain, uh, not had, not been heard, what does it need? And then the other, the, the parts that maybe were overextended, overexposed, maybe they need a little adapting too. So it feels like this is like the, you're using the intelligence, using your divine intelligence, your uh, intuitive intelligence, and going, you know, I'm okay with this. When I understand the reason why I'm doing something, that I was doing it because the other part of me didn't get its equal and I needed to over, it's like shouting because you think you're not being heard. Or like, you know, the idea that when, when somebody doesn't understand, like say somebody is, speaks a different language, they don't understand English, you find people will go, okay, if I talk slower and louder, they'll understand me. It's like, no, that doesn't work, right? They're not gonna understand you. It doesn't matter how slowly you talk. Um, Sometimes in that yet sometimes it's better to go quiet and just right right so how are you using that resource like you're trying to communicate with someone so okay that's not working so what are you doing so you're trying to communicate with yourself 
and using the resources around you to create something whole. It's like you're creating a tapestry. And to think about this idea that what is beautiful about the parts that may feel have been neglected or ugly, what is uh, the part of the self that wants to show up that maybe can be dialed back and down, uh, which then is so much more helpful because then every part of you and every part of what's around you gets to um, can contribute in the way it needs to. Uh, that's, you know, super helpful. I, I think the, the 16, I was just looking, the, I know the nodes are at 16, which is seven. It's that, um, and we talked about being a seven, a 16, seven universal day. Um, nine, of course, the unconditional love, all of the things we've kind of been talking about, the endings, uh, the gathering of all the wisdom, using it in a different way. But the 16 really talks about our intuition and the, the wisdom within us to pay attention to what's happening around us and within us. So we're not ignoring it just to get a prize, just to, you know, uh, so much of what we've been conditioned to is like, I got to make sure that people see me in the way that that makes me look like I've got it all sussed out. Or I don't know, do they use the word sussed in? Uh, so, you know, so I have it all figured out and everyone knows I belong. And then it's the opposite. It's like the more you try to fit in, the less you fit in. So the less you try to fit in, the more everyone thinks you fit in and wants to be like you. So that's the thing. Not that we want anyone to be like anyone else, but it's like trusting your own intuition, trusting your own instincts, trusting the signs. When you see danger or you feel there's something about this that needs attention, pay attention, follow, follow, follow. Don't just leave it, leave it hanging because then you're saying to yourself that my intuition, my beliefs are not important. And in order to have value, which is what happens when you're an outsider, you don't think you have value. That's really where it all goes, right? So just going back to the Pisces energy, um, I always think of the Pisces energy as the amniotic fluid or the, the womb as well. And, and you know, We've been through some very challenging times in the recent months. I'm sure the whole world has, but this has a real um, preparation for birthing kind of energy to it in so many ways, which of course is creativity in itself. So, you know, there's such a creative vibe to this um, full moon. Um, I think of it, um, the dream time because I lived in Australia for a while, which is the Aboriginal uh creation myth we're kind of coming from this cosmic soup and this is going to what jen's just said about the seven and the tuning in and the trusting your intuition jupiter is also at 16 degrees um it's at 16 aquarius so it's almost exactly um aspecting those moon's nodes and it's pulling us towards that future which is um, writing a new story you know, writing a new story of your life, writing a new story of the life you desire, um, writing a new story of what you want your relationships to look like, um, all those kind of things. Um, there's such, I, I just love this full moon, to be quite honest. <laughs> and I'm loving this energy. We're recording this as the day after the, the Aquarius new moon. 
it, to me, Jen, I don't know if you agree, it really feels like we've turned a corner. It really feels like we're, you know, sure, there's still shit going down. It always still does. But it just feels like it's faded a bit into the distance um, and it's less important now. And that what's important is uh, that devotion um, and focus to creating wholeness in your own life. So would you agree? Yeah, absolutely. It's interesting when I did my weekly reading with the cards on Sunday, what came through from the records was that this is this week is of completion, like we're actually completing something. And just my own experience and asking others like, yeah, there, there is like what you're saying, that kind of ending like that pitch or like going up to that hill, whatever it was that has been like traumatic in some way to us. We kind of reached that peak and now we can just like kind of breathe and go oh i kind of feel like wow there's so much stuff coming through now because i can actually hear it that i couldn't hear before because i was so caught up in my story my old story uh, that i think is significant and then just thinking about the fact that with the nodes which are kind of steering this bowl um, is this idea of letting go of the idea that someone else's religion or someone else's belief system uh, is your belief system right it's like no i can have my belief system and live in a world that is made up of myriad belief systems mm -hmm. it's just a matter of what does that look like me and what does it look like me in this pool and if you think again this is really what this moon is about it's about your individual purpose, your individual devotion and dedication to the thing you're here to do or experience or whatever it is uh, in that huge pool of creation of uh, that amniotic fluid that Lou's talking about. And when I think or feel into the energy that's inside that bowl, it feels like this warm, it's like a bowl of soup or something it's like you're just stepping into this warmth into this love into this expansive field of you know i've got you so you can express what you need to express you're safe you're loved you're held what is it that you want to explore so it really feels like that energy is opening up so that we can explore that experience now there is no doubt that this draconic bowl is leading to more lockdowns in places. I mean, the USA is insane. We don't have lockdowns, but, <laughs> but, oh. um, uh, but you know, I know in Melbourne, Australia, my friend said they just had another lockdown and the, the UK's further lockdown and, um, and many places. But the, the message of this draconic bowl is not to rail against this locking down, really, I think. That doesn't mean, you know, you're a blind follower or anything. It means making, it means making this new recipe, alchemy, out of what is just happening, you know. And how can you take this opportunity to really be in your own personal lockdown in this bowl and making this new recipe as jen said it's a great um metaphor there jen so thank you for that it's, um, it's, <laughs> right. i'm a great believer in astro astrological energies of making the most of them instead of 
railing against them you know it's one of my bugbears with mercury retrograde which we're still in that people just moan about it all the time and go oh yuck mercury retrograde and somebody said it to me oh i'm having a nightmare with mercury retrograde and i said look for the gift what what message are you getting from this you know what do you, what are you needing to look at what do you <laughs> yeah. exactly i'm with you on that i think that you know you can rail against it and there's a certain joy that we've all experienced from being the outsider being in disagreement with what's going on but the greater wisdom of what this time is offering us is going i can be you know looking out standing outside the the shop or whatever it is or the life hitting against the windows or yelling and people can't hear me or I can go okay there's a door let me walk in and you know invite myself in because no one who's on the inside is going to invite you in and nor should they it's like that's you you decide you want to belong inside you want to be a participant in your own life do you want to expand your experience and opportunities or do you want to go oh nobody understands me and like I said, it's great, it feels great to go into all of those places and be angry and have a reason to be angry. Uh, but when you think about how alchemy works and uh, this, all of this turning us, uh, alchemizing us, alchemizing our thoughts, our experiences, it's that opportunity to go, you know what, I played that role, it was great, I loved it, now I want to play a different role. So it's not making yourself wrong or anyone, like anyone can do whatever they want, but we get to go, I don't like playing that role anymore. I'm done with it. I want to play something different. How does it feel to really be included and to uh, joyfully pursue the things that I want to pursue? And instead of being fi fixated on what could go wrong with it, Imagine like, even if my idea is a grand idea, a big idea, people tell me it's impossible, that it's still happening and it's still going on because I don't care about what they think. Uh, and it's not when I say I don't care, it isn't because you don't care about people, but that you're focused on what you need to be doing as opposed to comparing yourself, getting approval, all of these things that we have been doing for so long to to fit in right so when you try to fit in as i said you can't so stop trying to fit in it's just like when you chase money money runs away so when you want to be popular and everyone you just you, everyone's running away from you like oh you're too intense and instead when you're like you know what i'm cool i found my own stuff anyone who wants to hang with me then suddenly you've got all these people who want to hang with you so really realizing how important that is I also wanted to note that we have a lot of other, like I said, we have the seven, Pluto is at 25, which is a seven. So definitely also bringing in that awareness of what is our crusade? What is the thing that has meaning to us where our application can be different? When we are applying to how can I help make this happen as opposed to how can I use my voice to say this is the sucks? And actually makes me think of, like, I know I'm talking about the States, so sorry if you're in some other place, but the event we had on the 6th of January was about people saying, this isn't happening and I'm going to stop it. So how can I stop it from happening, right? What can I do to stop it? And we can see how ineffective that is. If That was a huge example of, uh, and I'm not even talking about the pain and all the other things, but one of the 
examples is how ineffective it is to make change through saying, I don't want this, or this isn't going to happen, and I'm going to stop it, right? So what is an effective way to get to actually be heard or have, you know, have your voice uh, brought out? And one of them is to not be in illusion or delusion about what you're doing, right? It's not about changing other people's minds. It's about you focusing on where you need to go. Yeah, totally. And, uh, you know, neither Jen nor I are saying, saying it's not okay to have a moment. You know, we don't want anybody no. to spiritual override and and um not even acknowledge their feelings and things but it's what you choose to do with it after that moment that we're talking about <laughs> you know it's how you turn it around and look at what you can do to have the courage to change things and uh, and change how you approach things so yeah. Right. And one of the things I've heard people talking about, you know, talking about all of these things, right, is what are they calling it? Lockdown, um, fatigue or something like that. Right. And I, I think that one of the things like to what you were talking about before, Lou, is this idea that um, we can when you're in and this is what happens in alchemy and this is what happens in life is when we get to the boiling point so if you think of this being a pot of soup or something that you're creating and you're adding in herbs and hey things are just happening like with whatever the ingredients are um, your feelings your emotions a response uh, all of these things uh, and then it gets to that boiling point and that's what this lockdown fatigue or that experience that we had, that awful sedition, whatever it is, on wherever that is, or variation of that happening in your life, when you get to the point of I've had enough, right? That's when the magic happens. So you need to stay with the feeling, not run away from it. Because the thing is, if you don't bring it to that boiling point, you don't have that peak energy that happens or that taste or the thing that needs to happen that to alchemize all of the ingredients. So they become this juicy liquid. Definitely. So um, one other thing we've got happening is, um, and Jen and I mentioned her in the New Moon podcast, the Aquarius New Moon, is Karaiklo. Um, she is coming up to oppose Hygieia. They're almost in exact opposition in this um, in this new uh, sorry in this full moon. So they're kind of at a full moon too because they're in opposition. So I've been really tuning into Karaiklo, and you know this is um, uh, some people are not going to like this. I think. But because she's this kind of uh, graceful grace spinner, spin a new story, she's kind of in Aquarius, which is very about very much about stepping back and detaching emotionally from a lot of stuff that's going on. So you can see the big picture, not so that you can just ignore your emotions. Now, Hygieia has been very connected to uh, the pandemic and lockdowns and all that kind of stuff. And, and she's over there in, um, in Leo um, about a month from her station direct, I think. I think things are really going to shift, by the way, when she stations direct. March the 22nd, she stations direct. 
But these two are opposite, and I think Kuraiklo is in there. She's kind of this uh, space holder. She's in there saying, you know, it's okay. It's okay to accept what we need to do to bring this healing. It's okay to, and I'm not being political about it here, but personally, you know, it's okay to sit tight, hold space, wait. Things are coming, things are changing. And it's it's just okay to sit there and weave your new story. I see her as this sitting there with her loom weaving or a spinning wheel spinning. She's got this very graceful kind of patient kind of energy to me. And so um, kind of I see she's healing our hearts particularly about how we feel a lot about this. So I'm loving yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> it has a really beautiful energy and I think that's an excellent point about how you know when we talk about alchemy and how we talk about weaving or any of these things is really about timing right when you're weaving cloth and say you know you want to get to the part like I want to get to the part where I'm weaving green or something but you just can't hurry that because every the skein has to go in exactly where it needs to go in order to create, create the greater picture. Um, and that's kind of the bigger picture of what is being created through our patience or our willingness to sit in the pain, and sit in the experience. It's not, right? not just about the pandemic and lockdowns. It's no, about exactly. It's about anything, right? Like, this is the thing that has gotten us into trouble is that we have run from our pain, we've run from our feelings, even our joy. Our, uh, our, uh, like, I, you know, just thinking about when we were children, so many of us, when we had this amazing experience, like maybe we were so excited about painting that we painted on the wall, or we did it when we weren't supposed to, and then we, or we colored outside the lines, and then somebody who we were looking up to told us why did you do that you shouldn't have done that and so that blocked our ability to feel and so this is what this time is about is about unblocking those times so we can begin to go mm, i remember i was in pain i remember that i was told i shouldn't enjoy myself and just all adds to more of that outsider energy that is healing because all of these outsiders are inside mixed in to the whole picture they're all mixed in together they are being jostled and forcing us to go this is uncomfortable but i'm going to stay with my discomfort because i want the the rainbow that comes with when i stay with my discomfort when i feel my feelings maybe i express how i feel about it in some way or another so i actually liberate myself mm -hmm. But I also discovered that like, once you pass your resentment about somebody or your opinion about what they're doing or the opinion about what's happening and you actually go, what do I need? And let me express it. Everything shifts because now you're seeing these people different. You're like, wow, I didn't realize this person was A. I thought they were B because but it really was our impression of what we weren't getting, what we weren't asking for. We weren't sitting in. So one thing I hadn't looked at in the chart before, uh, because I'd forgotten to add her back in, <laughs> so I'm going to mention it, is Sedna. Sedna, one of the dwarf planets, one of these um, energies that is really expanding our um, our knowing and consciousness, um, is um, 
on this full moon at 27 degrees of Taurus with Mars, which I find very interesting. And she will have turned direct by then. She turns direct on, she just turned direct, I think, on February the 9th, just before we're recording this. And, and here Mars um, comes up to Sedna. And according to um, the, there's kind of an expert on Sedna called Alan Clay. He wrote a book on her. He's done a lot of um, research on her. He calls her spirit, spiritual destiny through crisis. Mm. I actually love that Mars is leading the way towards leaving this draconic bowl. And he's connecting with Sedna first, right after she's turned direct at that 27 degrees that we've talked about so many times. It, you know, it really feels like we are being pulled to, we're coming out of this crisis, this, which is true, the true meaning of it is a big crossroads of moving into a new paradigm, a new mm -hmm. time. And, um, and we're starting to head towards our spiritual destiny and what that exactly looks like. We're not quite as sure yet because we're still emerging from it, but, um, you know, we we we've we've been going through our spiritual destiny all the time, of course. But um, but we're heading it towards this new form of our spiritual destiny, I think. So, yeah. right, and that's a great point. It really is. Uh, it's it's the what makes me think about it's the the forgiveness, the art of the forgiveness by having the the one thing that we may have blamed. Uh, you know, this kind of idea of the masculine energy, oh, it's because of the masculine that we're in this situation. And having that um, kind of rebalanced and working in this togetherness, like we need that part of, we need that Martian energy to kind of push us into this uh, new place and really kind of carry that flag or that star of going, this is what I'm about, this is what I believe in. And also the fire, which then connects to Vesta and what's happening with the moon uh, in terms of uh, determination and courage and focus of um, looking at resources and being very deliberate because there is a, an aspect here of, um, which could be fearful, the aspect of I'm leaving the known to go to the unknown. I, I'm feeling like I want to go towards that, but is, you know, am I doing the right thing? You know, will I get in trouble like I did before? So this energy uh, kind of needs to be led by our uh, libido, like by our physical body being stirred up by this desire, right, to move forward and be so connected to what we believe in. Um, so it's like almost like creating a new religion in a sense, like our religion within ourselves, our religion with our divine connection to creation, to the Piscean energies of the magic, the imagination, the expansiveness of what we're entering and being able to filter it all in a very different way. Uh, so yeah, very exciting to see that how the numbers are playing out and the, um, and the planets. I was just looking also at the fact that, um, uh, 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 is Mercury is at 13, oh, which I is the seven. <laughs> huh? I love that number, 13. Right, 13, the divine feminine, this number of the phoenix, the 
the the the rebirth energy of you know and we're all in this together like this is the point like when you recognize that we are all one that we are connected and that we can choose to be that person that talks about what's wrong or we can be you know what i just need to go forward and hopefully others are kind of going forward with me so that's uh, kind of I think the the joy, this feels like a very joyful experience that's happening, even though it's difficult, because just like you were saying, Lou, I mean, change is challenging. I mean, we're not gonna we're not gonna have new experiences or learn new desires if we go, well, I don't wanna I don't wanna risk being hurt. Um, and the shadow energies of Pisces and Virgo are basically uh, there's a lot of fear. Uh, and victimhood in Pisces energy that uh, we can sit in if we choose to or <laughs> and Virgo uh, can be very anxious and very uh, worried about things you know so we hope kind of through our words and looking at the higher energies that you will choose the higher path and of course it's hard to stop you know worry and anxiety but that's maybe where you need to tune in, listen to something inspirational, because that's very Pisces as well, and get into your creative space. What can I do? What can I do to make that new recipe, that soup or whatever, or the alchemy? So, and, yeah. and to your point, is this also the nine, the compassion of the nine is like, how can I, um, how can I be compassionate with my pain? How can I be compassionate with my fear instead of I'm not supposed to do it, so let me squash it. Uh, and of course, the, the spirituality is so is off the charts. Our ability to tune into our own spirit and to the spirit of the uh, all the fields because of the Aquarian expanse and the uh, Piscean influence. So, really, if you think about it, it's like the the Virgoan part is. Um, I'm seeing a picture of a ring. It's like having a ring, like a golden ring and pulling the threads. So you, it's like that weaving thing. Like what are you weaving from and what are you threads are you pulling? It's like when you're looking at what's available and you're going, okay, I want a red thread and I want a green thread or whatever. I'm gonna pull the threads of despair or I'm gonna pull the threads of hope or an expanded or creative whatever you want you can pull through the golden ring and start to um, bring your personality into what you're weaving so this isn't about let me be as flat and as um, kind of porridge like as uh, you know as I've needed to be and let me make it a colorful experience and no, there's no need to get angry about if you can if you want to but just getting angry about who you are and how you express yourself just coming to peace with that like this is who I am do I want to tone it down do I want to expand it where would this energy be the most useful in my life so and in this experience so I'm so engrossed in this because <laughs> I'm just loving this full moon energy but uh, as I look at the chart that I forgot to mention our patreon so we have a patreon patreon.com forward slash weirdly magical for $3 a month is the suggested support. You can also choose your own dollar amount to support our work in this podcast. And we do Patreon-only con uh, content every episode too. We record that after we record the podcast. And we also have 
swag <laughs> with our swowl picture which is the swan from um akashic swan guidance which is jen's thing and my owl my cosmic owl cosmic owl astrology and so we have t-shirts long sleeve shirts mugs bags even masks <laughs> and um they the link for those is teespring.com forward slash weirdly magical i think they've just changed their name to spring.com but i'm sure teespring will still point there or, we, or you can find the link on our facebook page so that brings me to the other things before we go to the symbols and finish up with all of this um we have a facebook page weirdly magical any likes would be welcome on there and comments and reviews you can review on the page uh we we appreciate itunes reviews too they are always, always very very welcome and we do go and read them so thank you to those that have left us reviews and we also have an instagram weirdly magical podcast so uh and a youtube channel weirdly magical as well so come follow us come uh, give us some thumbs up and some likes and things because you know what social media is like. They like people to be engaged. So. <laughs> and we appreciate yes. Come and engage. Come and engage. It's beautiful. Share your thoughts. Connect with us. Just energetically connecting in that way just expands all of our field of connection and uh, spreads the energy, which is so great. So are we ready for the symbols? Uh, I did want to mention one more thing, and that's what's been pulling at me is the twos. There's quite a few twos here, series. Um, yeah, actually, I um, know. Yeah, correct. Uh, Venus. Venus. Uh, Venus as well as Neptune, which is 20. Venus um, is exactly at the midpoint of the series, and correct. Right which is very interesting. So those three female, like key planets or whatever they are, you know, bodies um, at the two, which is again about this recognition of that softness that, but also setting boundaries. So the two sided, the relationship between the two. And then with that Neptunian 20, it's just like trying to remember that this is about building relationships with yourself, with the the world, the external, the people, the experiences you want to have. Uh, the better flame is when it's uh, two sides have equal um, energy, so it's balanced and um, supportive, mm -hmm. nourishing, and connects you to all things in the way you need to be connected. All right, then. I'll read my symbol first. Okay. So the uh, Chandra symbol for, well, we go, always go up. So we go to Virgo nine is a man or a person mixing cement, jammed tight with concepts, thinking about what you are doing, interpretations, evaluations, opinions, and surmises, void of heart force, believing in progress bent upon success you strictly rigidly carry out what the mind dictates a form of ignorance that is very clever something missing in the soul compensations on top of compensations exceedingly busy 
hyper with plans, projects and enterprises. You are very good at achieving results, riveted to the phenomena, but prone to casting shadows that come back to haunt, short-sighted and hooked into what is convenient and pragmatic, perfect in small outer things. All of existence becomes small outer things. I think sometimes these Chandra symbols to me are a kind of a real kind of caution. And and that's speaking to what can be the sh one of the shadows of Virgo as well. This over um, analytical, I call it analysis paralysis with Virgo. So I, I'm kind of taking this as a warning not to get too stuck on detail and integrate that opposite force that we've talked about, the Pisces energy, that creative muse, flowy, surrender kind of energy into um, this full moon energy. As well as what we started off with, this is the idea of taking action, like letting go, going forward, what's essential in order to use my resources now, some things will come later, right, we can't do it all at once. So, you know, I'm somebody that has suffered so much from being from the, the perfection of trying to have everything to know everything before I get there, and it just yeah. doesn't work, right. So it's like, yeah, it's the imperfection that like people say it's good enough or something like that it's just like just go forward and do it and then you'll know what the next step is and you can you can clean it up as you go along and shift it instead of just staying stuck because you're not sure about you know where you're going or whatever because those are all unpredictable anyway uh so the sandra sandra the Sabian <laughs> symbol. I couldn't remember <laughs> the Sabian symbol. At least I got the S right. Uh, the Virgo nine, an expressionist painter at work. Keynote is the urge to express one's individualized sense of value, regardless of tradition. So here, the individual is seen reacting against cultural standards and stereotype ways of interpreting their perceptions in a statement of uncompromising self-reliance, which may even imply a kind of defiance and a challenge to society. The mind is seeking to discover the character of the basic and true foundation of natural, of, of individual selfhood. The tone or logos of individual being, it's the arm tone. In the process, however, what is expressed is usually the reflection of a deep catharsis with emotionally charged and often tragic overtones. So this is kind of bringing us into the technique of transformation of the personality. What predominates is a sense of inner conflict and an over self-conscious attempt at being oneself. <laughs> but there's a great difference between being in a, an origin of development pregnant with futurity and deliberately sought for originality yeah i think that's a great point and it's also kind of a warning in a sense is like this idea of being so self-conscious about what we're doing that we've got to tell everybody we've got to over explain it to ourselves so that we fit in and convince as opposed to do this for the joy of doing it to become more uh, more of who you are, 
not because it's going to impress someone. I think we touched on that when we were talking about how important that is. Allowing it to come out rather than, yeah, force it. And that analysis paralysis. Am I doing it right? That's very Virgo to be fair. <laughs> <laughs> Right, exactly. Overthinking it instead of just enjoying it, being okay with like making a mistake or looking foolish or having somebody judge you because hey, people judge us anyway, so who cares? Right. And one way of doing that is is taking yourself out of yourself, kind of thing. And Virgo is very much about how useful it is to the world, to others, to your family, to you know. And that doesn't mean overgiving and losing yourself, but it just means you know what. What, what am I giving to the world? Yeah, yeah I, I tend to think of it as, as focus on the emotion that is joyful. I'm experiencing, I'm expressing, I'm, I'm whatever that is, whether it's giving to someone else, whether it's painting something just for the joy of it without having any uh, preconceived notions so that you can expand your experience like you know when we talk about having your emotions of sadness or or yeah I really want to sit with how it feels like it's the same thing why not right it's just like then you have to have like I can't dwell in the um, paralysis like I, I did all these terrible things and so I'm not worthy and I can't act it's like no I, I, I feel bad okay how can I comfort myself? And now I need to move forward into the next thing. Right. Yeah. So I, when I, say, I don't mean you have to go and start volunteering everywhere. It's just that taking the focus off, am I doing it right? Am I doing it right? <laughs> like, right. And some people, yeah, some people may want to volunteer or whatever. Like there is no wrong way or right way to do it. It's just do what feels exactly. true to you. So if you I'm enjoy hmm? well by doing a painting as well as Jenny said. Right. Doesn't it doesn't matter what it looks like. That's the external representation. It's just a representation. Like you being you, whether it's something that, oh, I want to go and volunteer or I want to go garden. It doesn't matter as long as it's that's true to you for this moment. And maybe you do all of those things, you know. All righty. So Jen, how can people find you? We're at an hour and ten, so I think I think we've been going a bit long the last couple of times. So let's how can people find you? <laughs> so people can find me on my website, jenduchen.com, J-E-N-D-U-C-H-E-N-E. -E. I have a YouTube channel where I do um, weekly videos. Akashic Swan Guidance or Gender Shen Akashic Swan Guidance. I have a group on Facebook, Akashic Swan Guidance, which you can join. Uh, my page is Gender Shen. Um, yeah, and if you want to connect with me, book a reading or talk to me about it, learn classes. I teach Akashic classes and other classes. You want to buy um, a deck of the illuminating journey cards it's all on my website and i'm louise eddington l-o-u-i-s-e-e-d-i-n-g-t-o-n and it's louiseeddington.com is my website uh, both links to buy my books are, are both available on my website um, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube at Cosmic Owl Astrology. I also have a group called Cosmic Owl Astrology Cafe and it's a little bit more private if people wish to comment um, more uh, 
or less publicly rather. <laughs> and yeah, I do readings and I also, I do two kinds of readings and I also have a membership community, which um, I'm very focused on um, growing. So um, come join us. And again, as a podcast, we have our Patreon, come join us over there. Um, we're going to go and record Patreon only con content after this. And that's patreon.com forward slash weirdly magical. And basically, if you Google weirdly magical, Akashic Swan guidance, cosmic owl astrology, and our names, you will find us everywhere. And uh, so we thank everybody very much for watching and listening. We really appreciate you. This podcast has taken off in ways we never dreamt of and uh, it's going from strength to strength. And don't forget we have our swag. <laughs> I went I went to the grocery store this morning and I could see people eyeing it up. I was like, oh, that's fun. <laughs> It is fun. I know. It's such a, such a cool, when I look at it, when I put the t-shirt on, I'm like, oh, this is so cool. It's got such a, a, a fabulous feel to it. And I'm like, oh, I like this. Wow. <laughs> this wow how. <laughs> right. Oh, we don't even know. <laughs> we'll have to practice our, sw our swell how. So it's goodbye from Lou. And goodbye from Jen. <laughs>